Hello and welcome to Temple Bar Tradfest podcast. I'm Kieran Hanrahan. And I'm Ruth Smith and we're coming to you from the Oliver St. John Gogarty in Temple Bar in Dublin. And we're very much looking forward to Tradfest 2020 at the end of January. We've amazing gigs for you as part of the festival, including a triple header with boxing banjo, Conla, Railta on Friday, January the 24th, Kua on Saturday, January the 25th. And we've got a, a massive lineup of young female talent, Emma Langford, Susan O'Neill, Claire Sands and Saoirse Casey, all sharing the bill on January 23rd. So get over to tradfest.ie to learn more and get those tickets. I'm excited already just listening to all those names and that's not the half of it for Tradfest 2020. And I suppose by many measures, one of the highlights of Tradfest 2020 will be a night put together by our very special guest here on this week's podcast. The night takes place in Dublin Castle and is called Derry Farrell and Friends. They present the Dublin Sessions featuring an all-star band featuring... Kevin Glacken on fiddle, Robbie Walsh on the boron, Paddy Kieran on the banjo, Sean Potts on the Elam pipes, led by Derry Farrell himself with very special guests, Sean Keane of the Chieftains. It should be fantastic to have Sean out for a night. Cathy Davy and Quiva Hogarty. That'll be some night and he's here with us today to chat the man himself, Derry Farrell. Derry, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Yeah. No, I s- would normally say Deary. She's inclined to say Derry. So will you will you will you straighten that out for us? I've been called way worse today. <laughs> uh, it's just Derry. Yeah, as as simple as that. Okay, the, the the spelling of it is D A O I R I Father. So that's what kind of leading me a little bit astray. But Derry, anyway, great to meet you. I suppose before we chat about your gig and what's going on, we've had the really sad news in the last week about the passing of Desi O'Halloran, a, a legend, really from Inishbofin. He was one of the number one played uh, people on the CD player in the, the Mini Cooper when we'd be driving around uh, uh, Dublin, going fishing and stuff. My dad was absolutely mad into his singing when he recorded that album with, with Sharon Shannon and stuff. The Pound Road, I think it was called. And it's just, it just got played so much, you know. It, he was up there with Christy Hennessy and Christy Moore in our car. That's amazing, isn't it? Like, you know. Yeah. And, um, like... Uh, yeah, I, I've always I've always wanted to meet him, like, do you know what I mean? And um, <laughs> one year, uh, Dave Parsons was telling me that there was a singing session on in Castle Island, County Kerry, and that maybe you should come along. So we all bundled into the car, there was about seven of us, <laughs> and we drove down. And um, when we got down to the session, uh, he was special guest that, that night at the... Uh, I think it was Paragol Keefe weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, so he was special guest. And Neve was telling the spiel about, you know, okay, everybody, can you please turn your phones on silent? Uh, we're going to have a massive singing session now, and we're going to have it started off by Desi O'Halloran. And he set up the bar. And we were talking to him for about a half an hour, and then next thing, all of a sudden, he started singing. I think the song was called The Ram's Horn or something like this, one of his fav- famous songs, you know. So he was singing away, and next thing, of course, a phone started ringing. <coughs> And he went into his inside pocket and he took the phone out. <laughs> he answered the call. He had the conversation and he put it back into his pocket and he took us up at his point and he just kept singing. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. It was the funniest thing I'd ever really? seen in my life because I was only kind of getting into the music at the time and I'd recently only been introduced to Angolian Singers Club and stuff like this. It was so funny. Yeah, that was my day with, with Desi O'Halloran. That's a fantastic <laughs> memory of him. We played with him uh, in a band called Boffin to Burn. 
and it was a group of people that had taken part in the Corrafin Trad Festival. Park O'Reilly was the man that ran that himself and his brother Damien, and they were doing, I don't know, was it a fundraiser or something, or just an awareness maybe, uh, so they brought this group together, and there was Johnny O'Halloran as well on Melodian, uh, Ronan O'Flaherty on guitar, and the burn part of it was... Uh, Damien O'Reilly on the box, myself and the banjo, um, Parik on the piano, and who else was it? Oh, Cotchley Nicone was with us on the concertina because she has clear connections, in case anyone is asking the question, <laughs> and also Seamus O'Donnell on uh, the uh, saxophone and concert. But we just got together, I have to say, it was party time any time we played. But we do kind of, we'd, we'd be warming up the audience basically. Then you'd call Desi on towards the end of the first half to do his two songs. That place would erupt. Well, he really embodied that sort of... Because like, Boffin has a gorgeous uh, sort of energy about it. Do you know what I mean? He definitely embodied that sort of wildness and, and unpredictability. Mm-hmm. But the, the tradition and the... Yeah, his character was larger than life. Yeah, he'd be sadly missed by... Yeah. There's no doubt about by the people of Boffin because he was a great leader of that place. But certainly anybody that was introduced to traditional music, you mentioned that he brought out that album. Great that that is there and that evidence of his music and his personality is there. But Derry, yourself, now we come back to your gig in January. It's a big gig and it's, a, it's, a, it's very much Dublin-centric. Yeah, it's a big gig and, um, you know, I'd be lying if I said I, I didn't have a bit of excitement about it. Uh, yeah, the Dublin sessions, I mean, it's, it is what, it, you know, we're going to be singing a big pile of Dublin songs <laughs> with a big pile of Dubliners. Hopefully there's a lot of Dubliners in the gig that we were going to get suits made, you know, yeah, like the jersey, but just suits, but I don't have that much money, unfortunately, sorry. But uh, <laughs> there's too many of us in the band. But, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Like, you know, I know Sean Potts and I know uh, Kevin Glacken and Paddy Kiernan, obviously, like, you know, he recorded on, on the album, The True Born Irishman. And, and Robbie, well, I mean, were joined at the hip, like, you know, uh, pretty much for the most part with, with all of those guys. And uh, it's it's great. I, I just... I, I'm so honoured to uh, have been asked to put it together and I'm really, really delighted to be doing this in my hometown, you know. You know. It's a great celebration of Dublin music in Dublin at Tradfest 2020. And you're, you're very much part of the, the lifeline of that Dublin session scene as well. I mean, you're, you're playing in Piper's Corner every week from what I can see. Yeah, like playing in the Piper's Corner. Uh, well, you know, not every week because it's kind of it's been really busy this year with the release of the new album. Actually, funny enough, not not funny enough, I suppose. I mean, I put an awful lot of work into it, and so did Donald Lunny and stuff, and everybody else that's on the album. But so it's been really busy touring that album and stuff. But when I am home, I do like to go in and hear the Dublin banter inside in the Piper's Corner. In, into the cobblestone when you walk in and people knock the edges off you and they go hey Arsebox what's the story you know and, and it's just it's scraping back in Dublin and sometimes I go to my local bar the Cottage Inn over in uh, in Bluebell and there'll be a session there of a Tuesday night and it's just madness it's great crack like and it's just it's kind of like I'm not being bad to anywhere else in Ireland but you get this kind of a thing going on in uh, Dublin here we go the dubs are at it again they're at it we're buzzing we're buzzing but, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah so like it's just it's great you know and but the crack does be 90 like it really does oh, five in a row yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the drive for five um, there's there's a singer well there's many singers that have influenced you but but I'll pick out two um, Frank Hart and Liam Weldon have been a big influence on your song choices on your singing as well and you mentioned on Golden Singers Club um, in September just gone I think they had the 14th annual Frank Hart Festival as well um, he, he's a singer I adore and his song collecting has done so much to pass on that that uh, legacy of songs the repository of songs he died a couple of weeks before I, I, I kind of was 
his you know I was brought to he was brought to my attention I mean like you know and uh, but I found out so much about him from his friends and family and you know probably even more I probably found out more about him than had I actually met him do you know what I mean and the same kind of thing with Liam Weldon as well Liam is just a special special singer and in fact uh, I was um, <coughs> singing a few songs in honour of Liam last night and uh, it was just so special like it was just lovely and like his songwriting ability where we kind of sat around and had a chat about it and it's just the songwriting ability and everything like that was fantastic and the, the rare versions of really good traditional songs that he had were just phenomenal like you know what makes a good song for you when you when you go to choose a song that you're going to put into your live set or a song that just resonates with you as a person where you're from as a proud dub um, the themes or the the kind of the the um, yeah just the the qualities of a song that really resonate with you you know like first of all I have to like it uh, oftentimes I'll, I'll read a song before I sing it you know I might see something in an old book and I'll read it you know uh, um, then <laughs> as uh, uh, you know you, you might try and bazookify it like you know as uh, Mick what was Mick Mick Broderick fantastic bazooki player he used to sit in his garden in, 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 uh, <laughs> up the road from Crumlin and we'd, we'd bang out He's just an amazing bazooki player, like, and uh, you know, he used to say, "Let's try and bazooka, f- bazooka for his song next Tuesday." <laughs> it's a great line, like, you know. So that kind of thing. Uh, it was great before he moved off over to uh, America, but him. Um, so it's almost like your weapon of choice. How do you yeah, incentive in, incendiary songs? Yeah. Well, I tell you one thing, actually, like, you know, I'm, get, I'm getting off the subject, like, but uh, we, we'll move on to that in a while. I'm gonna embarrass you, actually, but uh, no, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, like. I, those songs like you know Liam Weldon songs uh, and I have to be able to bloody sing the things as well like do you know what I mean some songs are really really tough to sing and you could spend six or seven months on them arrange them and, and then just not, not have a feeling for them you know they might not be as strong as others with me singing them and uh, yeah so it's just it's so interesting like you know yeah. I love what you've done with the Galway Shawl being a proud Galway woman um, but it's it's a, an amazing interpretation of that song which so many people know and you've really brought it to another place thank you very much uh, like that's a song now that I uh, and I'm sorry about this right? I'm gonna get, a, get a slap in the head off you now but it's not a song that I would have ever paid any attention to because everybody done it like you know and I heard the likes of Finbar Fiori and, and Eddie and um, like Andy Irvine and one of the, it was one of the Dubliners I remember hearing them singing it one night like it was a live recording and I went wow that's amazing and what happened was is I had heard all these songs like th- this version of like different versions of this song from years ago and one night I went home and I said I'm going to learn that song and I just sat down in front of the computer and I, I gathered up all the stuff that I'd collected and I listened to them over and over maybe once or twice not too many times because you don't want to be too heavily influenced by anybody and then I just started playing it on the bazooki and one day, uh, Donald came up to the house, Donald Lunny, and we sat down and we started bazooka it, as, as, as my project would say. And, and we just started playing around with the song, and that's what happened. And it felt like fiddle would have fitted nice on it. Yeah, sure. I could play it a verse for you if you wanted, even, do you know what I mean? That'd be brilliant, yeah. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> oh no, we leave all this in. That's, that's that's the tuner inside the bazooki. The deodorant might fall out of that as well, <laughs> and your toothbrush. Maybe, yeah. Hopefully a big pile of money falls out. The takings of the German tour inside and that. All <laughs> <laughs> 72 euro. So, uh, yeah, the Galway shawl, uh, you know, um, 
Is it correct that it's a song about a man who tried to leave very early the next morning because the woman wouldn't stop talking? Is that what it is? I don't know. Well, that's what the words sound like. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever spin you want to put on a derry, it's up to you. She must have talked a lot because he walked to Donegal, didn't he? Like, you know. (laughs) Anyway, um, it's a beautiful song here. I'll sing a bit of it for you, so. Oh 
and hummed and kissed her. Oh, but my mind in love is beyond the Galway shown. She wore no jewels, costly diamonds, and a paint in her powder, no, none at all. But she wore a bonnet, a ribbon not on it. Magic. Absolute magic. Spectacular, I think, is the word I would use. And uh, Derry, fantastic job. I have a beautiful song. And uh, Ruth, can I just say to you, thanks for suggesting that oh, song, stop. actually. I'm, I'm actually speechless. Yeah, it's, it's a treat to be here, sitting beside you, listening to you singing that. And I'm just curious, um, you spoke about your, your, your vocal version of it or how it came together. Your bazooki playing and your accompaniment, it's quite unique as well. Where have you picked that up from? Where have you learned it? Did you, is it something that evolved itself in your playing? I'm one of the first people to ever give me a banjo lesson, actually, was oh. yourself. Coltory, Ireland, and Monkstown. A leading question there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And uh, I remember going out and sitting in the class, and you taught me the technique, and it's still to this very day, although you never see me playing the banjo, it's still the very technique that I use. Uh, and I'm a three finger man. I'm not a four finger man. If you're not, only banjo players will understand yeah, that, yeah. right? Yeah, and uh, I have a whole pile of uh, old vintage banjos down in the house from, from Vega Vox to, uh, to Paramount uh, to, you know, all, all the, the, the Lang banjos and stuff that I just was mad into. Um, and uh, <laughs> we picked up over the years, but uh, the bazooki was something that uh, I heard actually Charlie down here in Collider Records. Uh, introduced me to uh, the Purple Album on my communion day. I'll never forget that. <laughs> Seven I was. And uh, he played, he put on, he put on the, the first track on that album, which is, we all know what that is. I don't, I don't even need to say it, you know. And I was like, what the hell is that? And it was, it was Andy uh, <laughs> Irvine and, and Don Lunny and it was Paul Brady and it was just blown away and I said whatever that is now there I want that now there was no internet I'm showing my age right there was no internet so I couldn't go on and google it or anything eventually I found out it was a bazooki and uh, it's a long story uh, I had one robbed on me anyway uh, and the guy in the shop said if you want to pick an instrument in the shop he says we'll do you a really good deal on it and I, I had a countryman bazooki for a long long time and then I went into a session one night in O'Donoghue's it was a Sunday evening and uh, I sat right down beside Joe Foley and uh, I played all night, and at the end of the night, uh, I said to him, will you make me an instrument? And he was kind of like, I said, oh, please, please. So he made me an instrument, and I recorded my first album with it, uh, a, a mandola, a beautiful, beautiful mandola. And I sold it, and I shouldn't have, but I did, I sold it. Uh, but a really good guy called Declan has it now. So how are you, Declan? Uh, look after me baby for me, will you please? <laughs> uh, and, uh, but... Uh, then I got this one, and then I got another one made from Joe, and then I had another one made. And Isn't there a link to Andy Irvine as well in a bazooki? Or I, yeah, I was at Folk East Festival over in, uh, 
in England and Usher's Island and myself had just finished our gig and we went back to the bar for a cup of tea, like, do you know? And, uh, and I said to Andy, uh, could I have a go on one of your sub-L instruments? And he says, uh, I, I, he says, I'd love to give you a loan of one. He says, I have another one there in the house. He says that, uh, you know, doesn't really get used as much as... And he gave me a loan of it. And it just, that, that was, like, one of the, the moments for me in my life because... Listening to that album inside in the shop there with Charlie and, and I, I kept saying to him that couldn't be like just three people that sounds like an orchestra like you know and then having probably the instrument that was on that album I probably that was probably and you've <laughs> been bazookifying things ever like, since you know yeah like uh, a, a, a Stefan Sobel uh, guitar shaped bazooki which comes everywhere with me when when I can bring it you know it's a really heavy instrument and it's it's just but uh, Andy's been just like all those guys like have just been so helpful to me and just always there when you need them on the end of the phone and stuff like that or had a question so it's much much more than just a loan of the instrument it means so much to me like you know that's the beauty about the music scene actually you mentioned banjo there now and uh, those early days and you have so many banjos at the house can we expect to hear you playing a tune maybe yourself and Paddy doing a duet on banjos uh, on the big night in Dublin at Tradfest there's a bit of pressure I tell you one thing I might actually say it to Paddy uh, that would be nice wouldn't it yeah yeah you know uh, it would be great Paddy's a phenomenal five string banjo player and I mean he's he's really great on any instrument that he picks up and he's a fantastic singer as well and uh, but um, yeah that would be an idea they are Paddy right we'll do that right <laughs> you can come over to my house and we'll have a practice Get a few lessons he, he, <laughs> <laughs> he can choose whatever banjo he wants for sure. Come here, Derry. I'm going to go back to song choices again because it's um, it's one of the themes that I see coming up in in a couple of your albums is that of the hair, and I'm kind of fascinated on a personal level at the rise in the use of the hair imagery in a lot of folk music, not only in songs that people are choosing to sing from the the traditional canon, but also in songs that people are are writing contemporary folk songs, and the hair has a has a has a big part in folklore and, and folk mythology as well. Yeah, it really does. And, like, you know, of course, like, uh, I remember hearing the, the, the Craig and White hair, let's say, for the first time on, and actually, Andy Irvine and Dick Gotten album, you know, Parallel Lions, and, and uh, <clears throat> I was blown away by that song. I just thought it was amazing. I just felt like I had a connection with it. They were talking about the dogs. We used to, I used to keep and show. I used to show, when I was very young. I used to keep and, and show like uh, whippets and things like that. And I had a beautiful old uh, lurcher. Sheila was her name, and she was always like seventeen years of age. Ever since she was a pup, like she was just really old. I, I used to say that when we. Uh, because we got her, I think, just after my granny died. I used to say, I wonder, is it my granny like reincarnated in the dog? Because like, it's just so lovely and nice, and it would carry the paper home from the shop for you and everything. <laughs> it was funny. Like, uh, but um, now, so uh, the minute I heard that song, or any of those uh, hair hunting songs, are really sad, like, because normally the hair gets killed in the songs, you know, uh, on Yonder Hill and stuff like this. But in that song, the hair doesn't get killed. And actually, it's so good at escaping that... Uh, people had said that it turned into it could turn into you know, they, they have connections with like shape shifting and shape yeah. shifting and things like this you know and uh, so um, yeah uh, that kind of thing so I just immediately started getting the bazooki and trying to play uh, the song but again my way not not you know so I, I just and it's just evolved into this thing uh, which is really amazing one really actually thing that it <clears throat> that I thought was really great about the song was I was doing a gig up and I think it was I was doing a gig in, in uh, Tyrone in the Hill of the O'Neill I think it was or a couple of years ago and I got up on stage to sing the song 
and I sung the song and uh, just with the normal spiel, the normal way that I would. And after the gig, a guy came to me, uh, James James Malloy is his name, and he had his dad with him. And he says, I have a man here with me, he says, you'd probably be really interested to meet him. So I met the, the man, you know, uh, old James, and, and he says, uh, my dad, he says, was Seamus Malloy. And Seamus Malloy wrote that song. And they were at the gig. It was amazing, right? It was absolutely amazing. And then what he'd done was he sung the song with an extra verse that his dad had written, you know? And uh, it was amazing. And now any time I'm playing up there, they come along to the gig. And they still have that line of dogs. That, that They were saying they still have that line of dogs. Like, you know, a, a little bit like, isn't that amazing? It's absolutely amazing. It's literally, uh, it's an arm's length away like that, from when he was writing that song, you know? Well, you've perfectly teed it up. I think you're going to have to give us a lash of the Craig and White here.
upon Devon with the bonny black mail. Well, when in search of the white hair, today I'll have fun. I'll bet fifty to one my black nail will hard turn. Five turns there got them from bonny black nail and the sixth when it was given all round John Huggies well. It was there that we lost sight of the hare and the dog. And then ten minutes later came o'er the black fog. Well, that chase it went on, it was great for to see. Oh, the white hare and the black dog, they run light and free. Till she travelled to Escar, where she knew the land as well. And to Bunny Black Nelly, there soon bid farewell. Rhyme. I hope you'll forgive me for singing all this while. <laughs> if there's any amongst you up in Carrick more fair, please drink up a hell to that funny white hair. This is just a phenomenal experience to be here beside Derry Farrell here on the Tradfest podcast. And, you know, a great sense of the chase there, the way you were playing the bazooki, actually, for the way you were accompanying the song there. Fantastic work, Derry. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Not only do you bazookify <laughs> songs, but I tell you, that voice of yours is dynamite. Absolute Absolutely dynamite. Amazing, yeah. yeah. So, Derry, back to the gig in January. We're, we, we'll have you killed here on the podcast before we even get to January, but it's an exciting time. And uh, we know that we had Sean Potts in here, actually, on the podcast some weeks ago. So he's geared up for it and ready to go, playing some great music there. Kevin Glack and, of course, great friends of yours. Uh, the whole idea of the night, you actually, have you tested this already in Glasgow or something similar? Yeah, we tested in Glasgow and it went phenomenally well. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, it was just it was a great night. Um, different guests, and uh, this time around, different guests. And I would already, I, we haven't done it in Dublin, but I'd already love to do it again. You know what I mean? Maybe change the guests around, have different guests again, because there's so many Dublin people that we want to involve. But you'd need to have a seven and a half hour gig maybe to get them all in. You know? Uh, but it's great having uh, Sean. It's great having uh, uh, Sean Keane there. I, I've never, I've, I met him once before, and I really, really eager to meet him again. Uh, Cathy Davies, great, uh, fantastic, and Kiva Hogarty is, in my opinion, one of the finest female singers that I've ever heard, and she's a really good pal of mine actually as well. And uh, yeah, so we're going to be working together and getting some nice, classy Dublin songs for the night. And uh, I really, I just can't wait to do it. I can't wait to do it. It's, it's I, I always set the kind of certain gigs as a landmark, and that's one of them. I can't wait for that night, like just to. to well, we're certainly excited about it anyway. Absolutely, and I know I've been greedy now. I've just looked at Donal, our producer, to see if we could squeeze in one more song. You mentioned Liam Weldon. Mm-hmm. Would you sing My Love as well? Oh, I'd love to. Would yeah, you? Thank you very much. And can you tell us a little bit about the song? and how? Yeah. Uh, I'd done a thesis on Liam when I was in college, and I didn't think uh, that it was going to go... Uh, I didn't think it was going to go as well as it did, because like, coming from being an electrician to that uh, there was a lot of academic kind of writing and stuff 
you'd know about that now, Kieran. You'd know as well, Ruth, and it's it's tough, it's tough, but the more you do it, the better you get at it. And uh, I was under the supervision of Fintan Vallely, who is an amazing guy, right? And he knew so much. And the little small details that he knew and had picked up from me about, like, you know, Liam and and the, the direction that he didn't so much as go out and, you know, research it for me, but he would point me in a direction and he'd say, probably a good idea to go and speak to, like, Luke Cheevers and Barry Gleeson. It'd be a nice idea to go and speak to Antonov Farrakhan and Jerry O'Reilly and these guys. And, and I met so many beautiful people, so re- re- really pally with some really great people. And uh, Liam wrote My Love Is... Oh, he wrote lots of different songs, My Love Is A Well. Uh, actually, five songs that we know that he penned... Uh, there was Dark Horse on the Wind, uh, V Ecstasia, um, uh, My Love Is A Well, and uh, Ginny Joe about his son Brendan, and then of course the Blue Tower Road, like you know. Uh, but the rare versions of songs that he collected and, and the story behind where he got them were fascinating. And I actually done way more than I needed to do when I was writing the thesis, you know. Uh, but um, My Love Is A Well, he wrote it when he was working in. Uh, down in uh, Harold's Cross in a woollen mill down in Harold's Cross and he used to say like you know he'd, he'd have to get in under the machine he was a huge guy but he'd have to go in under the machine to clear out all the wool and stuff and on his break time it was a dirty gritty sweaty place he said and he just would think words would just come to his head so even though it was a place that he probably didn't like being it was a place that maybe uh, y- y- you know uh, influenced him to write some beautiful songs and it's a belter of a song that song yeah I'll sing a couple of verses of it for you okay. sure my love is a well, a deep dropping well, as deep as the bottomless sea. Immersed am I in the well of my love. Mountain 
spread over the mountain. Oh, my love is a flower so shy to behold. A primrose emerging from winter's cold. Oh, a song of the dream time that's new. But yet old And I love my bright love Till the dawning And I love my bright love Till the dawning Derry Farrell, thank you so much. Beautiful version there of My Love As Well, Liam Weldon's song. It's been an absolute pleasure, Kieran. I think you'll join with me in, in saying how enjoyable it's been to have oh, Derry today. It's just been phenomenal. And for us, it's a thrill that you're with us, actually, Derry. I thought you were still on tour in Germany. Yeah. I saw you there with Mark Redmond and a, and a few others there having a great time with yourselves. Oh, we had a fantastic time. We had a really, really great audience every single night. And uh, you couldn't, as I said, you couldn't travel around Germany with two better guys than Robbie and, and Mark. You know, they're two of my great fans. Two great friends of mine, even before the music, like you know. So, well, we're so excited about January. For it's sure. going to be a wonderful um, occasion. Derry Farrell and friends present the Dublin sessions as part of Tradfest 2020. It's an all-star cast featuring many of your friends: Kevin Black and Robbie Walsh, uh, Paddy Kiernan, Sean Potts, and of course, led by your your good self with special guests Sean Kane, Kathy Davy, and Quiva Hogarty, who you mentioned. Tickets are on sale now on Tradfest.ie, so make sure you go there because it is going to sell out. And a special added attraction, maybe, that Derry might actually play a tune on the banjo on Oh, the a banjo night. tune, yes, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> no pressure there, Derry, for sure. And, of course, on tradfest.ie, you'll find loads of more information about what else we've planned for you in the last week of January, including Aoife Scott's Secret Song Circle, which will be of huge interest to anyone who likes what they heard on today's show. And don't forget, wherever you are in the world, you can check out Tradfest TV show every Sunday night on TG Cahar. That's TG4 in Ireland. Or anywhere in the world, anytime on tgcahar.ie. Well, last night's show, which is online now at tg4.ie, featured Danu, Kieran Tourish, and Kevin Doherty, Molly Donnery and the Henry Girls. This Sunday, a new show goes live with Jerry Douglas, Lisa O'Neill, Dermot O'Maher and the Kane sisters. And we're going to close this week's show with one of those live tracks. Until next week's episode of the Temple Bar Tradfest podcast from the Oliver Singen Gogarty, I'm Kieran Hanrahan. And I'm Ruth Smith. And I'm Derry Farrell. Thanks a million. Slán!
Let you down, feel the air.